ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Everyone thinks I had a storybook career, that I just sprang into Disney Channel stardom overnight, made millions, and lived happily ever after. Spoiler alert, I didn't. There were countless failures along the way, and there still are. How I deal with that struggle and how I pivot when failure creeps in is what allows me to keep going, keep learning, and keep striving for balance. The Vulnerable Podcast is an invitation to hang out every week with me, Christy Carlson Romano, as I invite friends, celebrities, and experts for in-depth conversations discussing the good, the complicated, the beauty of being human, and what it means to be vulnerable. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate the ups and downs of my guests' paths to success. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, I'm John Taylor. You're listening to the Attacking Scrum podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Right, welcome to part two of the Attacking Scrum podcast. This is going to be dedicated to domestic rugby. So we've had a lot of rugby over the weekend at the Millennium Stadium with Judgment Day. Dan Killick has put me off by writing chicken nuggets down on a uh, on a piece of paper, which is really confusing as you're trying to do an intro into a podcast. But yeah, we'll try and uh, we'll try and keep this online and, and chat about and chat about uh, some domestic rugby for a bit. What uh, what did you make, Dan? Chicken nuggets and salted snacks aside, what did you make of um, of Judgment Day? I suppose Blues versus the Ospreys is the, the natural place to start. Yeah, I really enjoyed that game. I thought the um, the Blues were were tactically spot on, and um, we talked, didn't we, last week about what they're not doing, and they ended up doing exactly what we wanted them to do, which was making those hard yards, pick and go, pick and go, and. Um, they absolutely blitzed him in the first half as well, didn't they? They were out of sight with half an hour gone. He did, yeah. They played a good power game and um, two boys in the centre were absolutely awesome. When they, Lloyd was fizzing it out, I thought he was spot on. Um, Dab's man, Alex, uh, Ellis Jenkins, went well, didn't he? He was fantastic. But I did feel that the pack massively fronted up. You yeah. know? We've talked about them being lightweight recently, but... The, around the park Lloyd was brilliant but mm. only, only because the platform he had was absolutely exceptional that's the best ball he's had all season it, it? was fantastic yeah. and I felt you know the one person I was really happy for was Danny Wilson you know he's had a tough year especially in the uh, the wetter months mm. but as it's coming dry now I mean his coaching this week was fantastic and Sean Holly did do a piece before the game about the Ospreys' new defence, about almost the, the Ospreys' version of the choke tackle. Yeah. But the Blues countered that magnificently. Every time they took contact, they went straight to floor, quick ball and go again, quick yeah. ball and go again. And they were on the front foot, for, for, it felt like the entire first half. Yeah, they completely controlled the breakdown, didn't they, early on? And that set the platform. Blues, they just looked so comfortable with, the, with their systems of play. They were relaxed and they looked to be enjoying the game. Um, I enjoyed the battle between um, Daisy and Baldwin. Daisy came right out on I top. I tell you what, I thought Daisy was absolutely phenomenal yeah. in well, that game. He's been in such good form, but he looked. You know, my reservations have always been about his size, really, but he's so mobile and he's great. Like the, the try score was just him seeing what was happening in front of him. Just cool popped him. away. Cool head. Popped yeah. his head up, didn't he? Darted off, and you he's could see, a really intelligent player. You could see the way he used to play in the back row. Then he was converted over. I think he's been brilliant this brilliant this season. He's um, yeah, such a such a good find. Lloyd versus Webby. I thought that was that was really interesting. Lloyd Lloyd was 
way out on top. Um, Felice was something else, wasn't Man he? Man of the match. Good grief. Yeah. He actually made a proper tackle. Lapped his arms. He made a few of them. And, I mean, carried incredibly strongly throughout the entire game. The scrum yeah. was wonderful against the Ospreys, who we know have got a couple of injuries. But I thought him and Gethin Jenkins were yeah. absolutely outstanding. And for me, the one admission I was a bit sad about the Lions tour today, a seventh prop, I thought Gethin may have done enough mm. to go and have that, you know, the only guy in the tour party on either side who would have played in that 2005. Yeah. Hell of a lot of experience. I still think he may squeeze in. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, you know, we managed to go a whole three minutes there without talking about the Lions. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, for, I think you're probably right. We've said this before that props is a is a, an attritional an attritional thing and on a tough tour like that, you could see something like that. Oh, you probably wouldn't be too disappointed if Gethin ends up out on out on the tour, pulling on a jersey, he's pretty reliable. No, I mean, there, there. there's worse worse players than that. You can have um, you can have turn up on tour. In fact, he'd sort of be ideal, really, if you need someone to slot in there. Um, if there is a sort of injury and need to get someone in there quickly, you know, he's, this guy's not going to let you down, and he's uh, he, he's been around the block a few times, hasn't he? So he knows his knows his way around the pitch. That's for sure. He does. Bring it back to the to the Blues game at the weekend. I, I think. You know, as we've we've said, we've kind of we've we focused on the Blues here. It felt like a lot of the media were concentrating on the Ospreys' demise. How much of this was the Blues playing really well, and how much of it was the Ospreys playing badly? I mean, I felt the Ospreys looked totally rudderless mm. throughout the game. They lacked any urgency. Um, it can't be that just bigger Ella and Jones go off for a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden they lose their leadership. But I mean, they really failed to stand up, and I think. I mean, the thing is, this was mentioned. It was mentioned on after the game. It was mentioned <coughs> in the scrum five. But Alan Jones has been missing for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay, get that. But Bigger was playing in during those games, so it can't be that much down to a down to one individual. The I'm Ospreys have played well as well without Alan Wynn. They've had some. They've had some really good performances without him. But I think Roy Thornton again, players like that, it, totally anonymous. Didn't see him at all, mm. and I think the Blues blew them away. It was such um, ferocity that I just don't know. I, didn't, I don't think the Ospreys knew what hit them and they certainly struggled to get back into the game once mm. they were back on the back foot and you know for all the merits Sam Davis has it's great when you're playing behind a, a monster pack on the front foot you look and look fantastic and Anscombe's proven this year how difficult it is when you're yeah. going the other yeah. way but Anscombe going forward and Sam Davis going back I mean Sam Davis all the assured kicking out of hand all the runs they disappeared didn't yeah. they? Yeah, his, his uh, Sam Davis spinning like a ballet dancer with nowhere to go on the 29th minute summed up the Ospreys for me. He was he was all he was absolutely all over that. And shot, that was preceded he? by Webby going down the one side and yeah. coming back on the other. It just looked as they though were, there was no pattern. They, they there. were constantly turning in, wouldn't they? Didn't know the, the the way he takes it flat didn't work at all in that line. I don't think he was helped by the outside backs, but they were all over the shop. I, I've I've never seen the Blues be so direct. Um, not they, for a long time, anyway. Not yeah. since the kind of the Heineken Cup it, semi days, you know. It allowed. They do have a lot of creative players, and it allowed. It allowed. You know, if you're going to go direct, it allows to lend the boys outside to to to, to wreak havoc. And I thought Ruin Williams was was, was something else. He been, was wonderful. Yeah, I've been really impressed with him over the last few weeks. It's, it's it's what he what he does with the ball is spot on. He doesn't make any errors. Is and and but what he does off the ball. Is, is equally as good and his um, his kicking game is brilliant and under the high ball as well he's great he looks like a natural fullback to me I know he's so played he he's played a fair yeah. bit on the wing yeah I, I'm just down to injuries and, and stuff but he's yeah. looked he's looked like a, a complete natural fullback he runs good lines he's good defensively he's great under the high ball and he's got a good kicking yeah. game he's a big guy 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, he'll probably end he'll end up putting on a few pounds when he just to sort of firm up a little bit. But he's defensively good as well, and he just just does everything right, doesn't he? When he's coming onto the sideline, he'll cut back in, he sets the ball up, he relays it, plants it, and he's just been a joy to watch, really, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's my he's my bolter for the tour of the south. <laughs> we need we need a bolter yeah. somewhere, don't we? I think that's that's an it's an interesting point. Cuthbert needs a mention as well. Yeah, um, his work rate. Was brilliant. He looks. He's a completely different he player. Cracked isn't he cracked a smile. Yeah, can yeah. you believe it? He cracked a little wry smile, <clears throat> and again, his off the ball running um, was exceptional as well, wasn't it? You prefer that if there wasn't a ball, wouldn't you? Yeah. Just all position. <laughs> We're just playing Zen rugby where <laughs> yeah. uh, there's actually no ball present. Yeah, people running into each other. Yeah. The, the the Blues passage of play on the 24th minute summed it up for me. They went through loads of phases. No ball. No, but. Yeah. We love. They, they went through loads of phases. We said it a couple of weeks ago. They ended up passing from left to right, left to yeah. right. It's looked quite good, um, but they haven't ended up going where they just direct. And in that, they built phase after phase after phase. And um, Lloyd ended up switching it at the end, didn't he? To to, to uh, Anscombe, and over over they went. It was great patience. Something that they haven't often had is patience. And I'm with Dav in the fact that. Delighted for Danny Williams. You could see that he was just so Wilson. over the moon. Uh, Danny Wilson, sorry, he's over the moon with Danny that. Danny Williams was a boxer, a very was average he? heavyweight boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just great to see him. That everything that he'd been trying to put together came in, didn't it? Yeah, and it was a great, great blues performance. I agree. Just to build on that, then we've kind of said before that I think we're all kind of collectively big fans of Danny Wilson. How do they make sure that this form transcends across the whole of next season, then? So I think the key thing is, you know, when they've got front football, they look dangerous. And we've said at times this year they've looked lightweight. Now, the Ospreys at the moment, they looked incredibly lightweight, actually. Yeah. And I think the Blues against the bigger pack still would have struggled. And we, we saw the Leinster game encouraging, but totally off-the-cuff rugby. And Gloucester took us apart totally. So I think two locks, priority, and that seems to be they're coming, although, albeit they're slightly old. A three is an absolute must for the Blues. If not one, two. We need two quality tight heads. We've got an incredibly promising crop of younger props coming through. But we do need more um, experienced uh, tight forwards to take the burden off Gethin and Felice, who surely can't keep going. And then, for me, the other thing is locking Sean Bennett down, however you pronounce it, at six. He looks fantastic off the bench every single time he comes on. And if if we do that, I think we'll be in a good place for next year that the backs are looking really strong the Blues have also been mighty unlucky with injuries so they've got they've got a lot of their boys back now haven't they yeah. and it's made a massive difference I thought Baker um, he carried fairly well but he just didn't get him on the ball enough yeah um, I've actually again Baker's one of those players who looked like he'd gone off the boil for a couple of years I actually think the last six months or so he's been he's been really good for the Ospreys yeah I thought he played quite well it just he got over the game and he broke sort of two or three tackles each time. They just didn't get the ball to him. Tyler Ardron made a massive difference when he came oh, on. the bench for them. Um, as did Kieran Fonatier as well. Um, I think you're missing out on one, mate. The best player off the bench, Paul James. Yeah. Was Paul, he playing yeah. one? Was he playing nine, 12 at some point? I've seen him play that well. He was from phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, summer tour, any of them. <laughs> well, let's, let's come on to that, actually, because the summer tour is, you know, while um, most of the eyes will be on New Zealand, it's a really important tour for... For Wales to look at some some different individuals because we very rarely get that from our head coaches. Who has kind of shone? We'll, we'll come on and talk about the Dragon Scarlets in a bit. So who kind of shone for you in in recent weeks that you think it's it's worth keeping an eye on in relation to that tour? So I think you know if you look at who's gone and therefore who's available, we've obviously got opportunities in the back row 
and in the back three this in this yeah. upcoming tour. And for me, I think the players who've really put their hands up for selection, Ruben Williams, as Dan said, I think would love to see him have a decent run at either fullback or wing mm-hmm. on that tour. Um, all the sevens in Wales seem to be playing well, but I would take Ellis Jenkins. I think he has been the consistent performer for a number of years. He played well in New Zealand last summer. I think out, I think out of all of those sevens as well, I think Ellis Jenkins is the one who'd be most comfortable at six. Yeah. I think he get he gets you know he's he basically I know they they're busy calling Ollie Griffiths at the the Dragons who is who is brilliant by the way yeah. yeah they're busy calling him Warby in the dressing room but Ellis Jenkins just looks like a miniature he's, version of Warburton to me he's he, he's clearly learned from he's from captain, what he does best he's captain age group sides yeah. you know he was phenomenal against the All Blacks last year albeit in a losing cause for me he is a standout candidate for that tour he was he was involved in absolutely everything I watched like one passage back which is about seven minutes I could not believe is the amount of touches he had on the ball and it's all the dark stuff as well mm. that he's doing he's not he's not a glory boy is he mm. he is right in their head on the line he was brilliant and it, absolutely brilliant and maybe not you know not as left field as it would have been a year ago but I thought in a losing cause Keelan Giles actually showed mm. some really nice sparks yeah. on Saturday yep. and I, I'm really excited to actually see him have game time and actually play I thought he was just you know a quick guy and that was it but actually some of his lines he cut at the start yeah. of the season he looked yeah. a bit like okay this is a guy who's got lots of raw potential but is going to need a hell of a lot of work he seems to have developed really quite quickly considering how small he is you know I think he's he's gone from being okay well, we'll trust him against whoever Montpellier at home or you know when they're putting their second string out to actually I think he's yeah he's he, pretty much he's pretty much a starter now regardless of who's who's fit or not even the way he clears out as well he, yeah. he, he clears out quite effectively for a small chap he reads the game well yeah he's good he looked good someone I, I want to mention is James Davis mm. um, he's he's been a sensational form isn't he it's hard to know what weeks. he's got to do to get a stab at it and I know it's hard given the amount of competition there is but well um I was speaking to a, a pal actually before before we've come on here who said I wonder whether is um, the way in which he's a bit of a joker goes against him hmm. is an interesting point isn't it um, you know he just doesn't take himself too seriously I like that that he is a character yeah. but you know do, do the you know do the management like that probably not you know the Warburton whiter than white you know the the ultimate professional yeah um, but he's got to go on that summer tour isn't he James Davis. Um, yeah, I don't know whether it's the joke thing. Because again, you know, Mike Phillips wasn't short of a shenanigans or two, or two uh, across his time, and he was a pretty much a Gatland mainstay. You know, I think I don't know. There, there's clearly something there because he's he's still uncapped to this day, isn't he? Yeah. Well, it's also the comp. I mean, it's the competition, yeah. isn't it? Ahead of him, it's yeah. just we've got so many. We we could field a we could field fifteen sevens, couldn't we? It's it's quite unbelievable. It is, but the one thing I'd love us to do, you know, if you look at some of the England teams, the under twenties that have come through over the last three or four years, they've all, there's a commonality of them all playing together. You know, we talked about Moriarty earlier playing with Watson and Noel, but that's twice you've been warned about sorry, that. Now, yeah. But you know, if you look at the Welsh, the Welsh teams that have come through under twenty level, they haven't always made it at the top. Yeah, but you know, that team that had you, Ron Williams. Keelan, Keelan Giles in the same squad together yeah. you'd like to think they came through and the other would be obviously the Blues they've got these two props Kieran Azarati and yeah. Corey mm. Damachowski you know, you'd like to maybe if they don't start just to go for the experience those guys are knocking on the door at the moment at regional rugby we're not going to learn a huge amount from taking the same old players so yeah. Want Gethin Jenkins to go, his leadership's invaluable, but these guys, perfect opportunity. You kind of them. want them to be out there and spend time with it, and actually, away mm. from the. It's one of those few occasions where Wales will be playing a test match, and 
the whole media spotlight won't be around it. So if those guys were to feature and they got a bit of a, a bit of a dicking in the scrum, they'd no doubt learn from it and you know, you wouldn't be hauled over the coals like you would be if it was a, an awesome international or a Six Nations game. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to get a dick in, in the scrum out there, though, are you? No, but I think if you're a 19-year-old prop, there's probably, you know, if you're playing yeah, Tonga, I don't think but, it's going to be yeah. I don't think it'd be an armchair ride. I think you'd learn a few things or a few things or two, you know. I hope we get the balance right on this tour, that we have the right amount of experience and then the the right amount of, you know, the youth youth as well, so, we, so they, you know, they can they can share... You know, share what they know and pass it on. Okay, I'd like to bring you in at this point. I was someone who's, who's probably not seen as much Pro 12 rugby as us. No. You lucky, <laughs> lucky man. Um, but you would be able to give us a decent steer on some of the Welsh players who are, are playing in the in the English Premiership. Yeah. So I was kind of you to, to have a look at the, the players who've kind of caught your eye across the season. Um, so across the season, um, I'll start very quick and just mention very briefly because you can't not mention him because he's that he's that good but um, I normally only get to sort of see him around the sort of Six Nations and Autumn Internationals and stuff but now Falatao's fit yeah. you can it's just fantastic being able to watch him week in week out you just see the little bits and pieces he does he's he's a hell of a player Bath are kind of they're a funny team at the moment they're sort of yo-yoing around a bit but he makes such a difference he was um, talking of big games and stuff they uh, Bath played them played um, Leicester yeah uh, um, a couple of weeks ago um, at Twickenham in a big game there and you, you, you see what a good big game player he's there he made a hell of a break set up Watson for um, for the first score in that and it's just, just the little touches and stuff like I say it's it's great being able to watch him week in week out and you can see why um, obviously he's on the Lions tour and stuff he's just sheer class um, couple I'll tell of you other... why though mate having done it for having done it for the Dragons for years he probably looks up yeah. and thinks God a... well I mean when, when you see him and then they get Francois Lowe back in that back that's a hell of a back row you're starting to put together there isn't it? bizarre, it's isn't it it's just um, it's quite incredible um, and a couple of others I wanted to mention who, who um, I think have been looking really good both for, um, both for Gloucester um, I should say I'd I was sort of looking at this yesterday before the Lions Club was announced I wasn't expecting Moriarty to be in yeah there. I thought it was touch and go to be um, honest so Whilst I think he's a good player, like yeah, it, it, I don't think he'd have quite made my squad. But um, he's just having watched him this season, he's really coming on leaps and bounds. And you might not have seen it for for sort of Wales quite as much so far. I mean, he's obviously a hugely physical sort of player, but he, he's done he does a lot more as well for Gloucester. He had a couple of great turnovers against Sale at the yeah. weekend. Um, and it's, always, it's always good from a six getting a bonus in, turnover isn't it exactly right. yeah just chipping in with bits and pieces like that and little offloads and things he's got a bit more to his game I think than he's he's probably given credit for I can't believe the, the shock that he's in from like mm. the, you know look at Twitter today and all the reaction to Moriarty being a bolter I can't believe it you know you watch those games against New Zealand last summer and his performances in the Six Nations especially against England actually of all, mm. all the teams He's been our stand-up back row player, and I'd, I'd argue he's probably been one of the best sixes in the English Premiership for over a year now. So, for me, he was always going, and the only question now is whether he starts the tests. If I was picking the test side today, he would start a six for me. This is, this is throwing me massively. I've got nothing on the agenda for this, but that's a massive... I, yeah, I, I really like him, like we said. Personally, I, I wouldn't. If I was picking it, I'd have Imani, just because I think he's an utter, utter bastard. Um, and I think that's that's something we're, we're going to need in there. But I, I'm a massive fan of Moriarty. Like, I think like we said last week, or whenever we picked the forwards, 
it's his speed that really impresses me. He's yeah, got elusive, it's really he? explosive, yeah. and I think that's what adds to the to the physicality. Is he's just so rapid, and so so different to Omani as well, isn't he? Yeah. We know about yeah. Omani's you know, defensive qualities in the line now, but he offers something totally different. I wouldn't rule out Moriarty starting. Um, well, again, this is this is what I want to see is is I want to see him having those blinders in a couple of tour games. You go right, I cannot ignore this guy yeah. because he's really. Just thing too is, good if, to if you're picking him for that though, you've got to look at CJ Stan. I mean, we yeah. don't want to get too hung up on the lines here, but they're they're very similar sort of players. In that respect, in terms of the physicality and the carrying they they give you there, um, I, I think it's a credit to Moriarty. Um, like I said, it might, might not have been a surprise for you guys, but I, I think it's just a mark of how far he has come in a, mm. in a year. I think he has really, really mm. um, shot up. Like I said, it, it's impressive watching him each week for um, each week for Gloucester. Um, and, and on that note, someone I don't think you guys should give up on definitely is Richard Hibbard. He's the guy, there's no the, danger of that with Dan Killick around yeah. the guy's unbelievable he's been fantastic he, he's playing the best rugby of his career superb yeah. he, he looks in really good nick at the moment he's, he's, um, he's really trimmed down isn't he he's exactly what you want he's physical aggressive he's everywhere just getting stuck in um, got him bagged himself a try as well at the weekend Bur- you know back of a driving mall of a line it's just everything you want I I presume he's fallen out with Gatland yeah. or something given that he's not in the squad But and he hasn't been for a while we can only um we can only assume that because yeah. he's not been there for a while, and having been such a mainstay of that of that setup, you know, it's not like he's. He's. I personally think he's playing the best rugby, certainly the best club yeah, rugby yeah. in his career. Apart, well, the, the one thing Warburton said today: apparently, you have to run between half and a kilometre mm. more against New Zealand to win. So I guess the only reservation Gatlin might have had from his past is, is he fit enough? Yeah. Mm. I mean, he's fit enough than ever, though, isn't he? He's definitely Yeah, he looks he really in has. really good nick. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, and if, you, I, if I you're asking to play Gatlin there and bury yourself for 55 yeah. minutes, um, in fact, isn't there a bit, there's a bit in the, the Lions doc from last time around where he's concussed, actually, which wasn't treated in those yeah. four years ago with the, yeah. the kind of the spotlight on it now. Yeah, There's yeah. a bit there where he's, he's taking a massive head injury and he's just saying, oh, let me empty the tank, let me yeah, empty the yeah, tank. Yeah. You know, he's, he's that kind he's of... A guy that kind of he's, he's, he's a tourist as well, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, a great yeah. tourist. I've got um, a... we got time for a quick line story on that, Jed? Or? Always, yeah, yeah, go on. So um, I was out in Australia for the last tour and uh, we bumped into, you know, Paul Striden, the... Uh, Bobby. Fit, Bobby, yeah, the fitness yeah. coach. And I tell you what, you talk about a good tourist, that guy is a live wire. I mean, he, he's the sort of guy, you'll have never met him before. You go and have a beer with him in the pub and he'll be your best mate and he's just a ball of energy. And he's like, lads, lads, come and have a look at this, come and have a look at this. And I was so disappointed because I was really hoping it was going to turn up in the tour DVD. Shows, shows us, gets his phone out, shows us his video, goes, watch, watch Richard Ibbard here. And so... Um, for those that don't know, Bobby, he's got a bit of a back history and he used to be like a Greco-Roman wrestler yeah. for, um, for um, at sort of Commonwealth level, so like decent. And he's not a big guy, sort of Shane Williams size, but sort of trimmer kind of thing. And he's, he's challenged anyone in the Lions squad to come up and have a, have a scrap with him. Richard Hibbard's come, come waddling over, you know, giving, giving it the big one or whatever. He walks over and literally within a split second, Bobby's thrown him over his shoulder and he's got him on the floor. Alan Wynn's coming in, giving it the big comedy WWF three count like that. It was absolutely classic. Yeah. I'm surprised that didn't make the cut. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's a great video. But yeah, he showed us himself on his phone. But yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a great character. But it's, as it's Hibbard, that just shows you what he's like. He's, he backs himself to the hilt and he'll, yeah. he'll have a go at anyone. No, no, big, big fan of Hibbard. Um, Who else? Who else? Go on. I was going to say on Moriarty, Moriarty's inclusion. I think his performance against England mm. was was what was basically got him in there because the English uh, forward coaches are obviously selectors there, aren't they? And you could have, they must have had a chat about it and said, look, that guy was 
will cause mayhem. He gave he, and mayhem. not and you know, like we we say, kind of laws has a, a tendency to to smash through small scrum halves and outside halves. He was giving laws and and mm. Nathan Hughes a serious yeah. mm. a serious and, amount and, of hits. And he smashed foul, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they don't often, you know, they, mm. a lot of those boys don't often go back or get hit like mm. that. So that performance has has got him on the plane. I think. Who else made your list then, Oh, Anyone else uh, um, kind of so, caught your eye? So if Moriarty's going on the Lions tour, um, I'm still banging the drum for Thomas Young. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's incredible. He, um, they mentioned at the weekend he started all but five games for Wasps, who are top of the tree at the moment in the Premiership. Um, he's just a phenomenal player. He just he keeps getting better. He's he's a smart player as well. He he, he came off the bench and we were playing um, Bristol, who were fighting for, their, fighting for their lives to sort of try and stay up, which they didn't quite manage. Um, and he came on at half-time and made, made an instant impact. Bristol came flying out of the traps, made a big break up the pitch. Um, and they're in our 22, and you just watch him, watch him, and he's waiting, waiting at the mm. side of the rack. And you can see him talking to the ref and just gesturing to the ref. Is it out? Is it out? Just at the right minute, he dives in, and he's there over the ball, getting the ball, um, digging it out. So he's got an eye for a turnover, but he's just fantastic with a ball in hand as well. He's very, very comfortable um, running with the ball. I mean, he hasn't got the out-and-out pace, but then no-one has really of a sort of tipperick. But he's very comfortable linking up um, and, and moving the ball around. So I, I think he, if anyone's going to flourish down sort of on the Pacific Island tour, I think he'd have a, I think he'd yeah. really show himself well down there. Oh, we've just got to get him capped now as well, <clears> haven't <throat> we? Like, can we get, yeah. That, yeah. get that locked down? Yeah. <laughs> on that Pacific tour, something that I think Dav mentioned was maybe playing three sevens in, yeah. in, the, in the back row. I, I'm 100% behind that. I, the, I mean, you could pick an entire squad of sevens to go on that tour and you wouldn't feel uncomfortable about it. But yeah, I, I think you look at that and go, someone like Ellis Jenkins, like we said earlier, starts. starts. He starts at six for me. I think he'd be brilliant. I'd love yeah. to see, I'd love to see um, Thomas Young at seven. Yeah. And, and likewise, I'd be happy watching... Griffiths in either of those as well, or, or James Davis James, at eight. James I'd Davis like James Davis at eight. And yeah. only Griffiths, yeah. I mean, he's unlucky, and he might have him on the bench. Yeah, should we move on to uh, to discuss the Dragons then? <laughs> oh, God, um, yeah. I actually think that it was a more spirited performance than we've seen for for quite a while from the Dragons, but. As a spectacle, it wasn't a huge. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a wonderful spectacle, was it, Dan? No, it wasn't. They got their tactics right. We, I, you know, I said sort of don't play too much rugby. Um, I thought they got it. I thought they got it spot on. If it was going to be fluid, Smithley would have would have would have run them off the park. And I thought Gareth Davis was poor. Mm. Um, really, he, he struggled really for the best part of a, a year now, hasn't he? He's had little yeah. flickers of the old Gareth Davis, but he's not. Um, no, he was. I thought they looked miles better when they brought Johnny Evans. Yeah, on. Johnny Evans made a big difference, didn't he? he was Gareth Davis was really off off song, and I think uh, you know Johnny Evans. He'll be he'll be he'll be starting now only moving forward. Um, yeah, loads of hard yards made by Ollie Griffiths. He, he impressed, didn't he? I thought Tyler Morgan went pretty well. Again, it's 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 encouraging to see him have because again, I think Tyler Morgan's a player who showed so much promise to start with, and it's hard playing. The Dragons week in week out because you don't get a huge amount of front football and you know even inside you that we've said it before there's you know I like Angus O'Brien I think he's a he's a good spirited club player but we struggle to have any any genuine class at 10 that that puts you into space yeah so it's encouraging to see him 
on the right track. I was impressed with Angus O'Brien as well, first mm. half. I thought he played well. And Warren as well had a really decent first half. Yeah, Warren's a good um, player. It was a, good, it was a good performance by the Dragons, but they needed it not to be pretty, and it wasn't pretty. But that's how they got pretty close, and a fantastic try as well at the end to, to, to finish. Yeah, it was. Um, to be fair to the Scarlets, though, didn't panic when they got dragged into a, a game like that. You know, I, I think, like you said, I didn't think Gareth Davis was brilliant, but when they made a few substitutions... They never really looked like losing that game, I didn't think, Dad. No, I agree. I, th- I felt it was always playing a waiting game, basically, yeah. until the Scarlets put the afterburners on. And when they did, um, I think their class finally told. But I said it last week. I'm sticking with it. The table after the last round. Yeah. Dragons on 21. Treviso on 19. The Zebra on 18. Final game is Zebra against Treviso. You can see Zebra on current form winning that. Yeah. So they go above the Dragons. So it means Treviso needs to get a looting bonus point at home to Munster and away to Zebra to at least put the Dragons joint bottom. Mm. I still think the spoon's on. Yeah, it is. And, um, and like I said, I, Dragons' well, last, last game is, um, is away from Rodney as well. So it's a home game Hopefully. being played yeah. six miles from Cardiff. Yeah. So... I don't know how that's. I don't know what that's going to do. I don't know whether that's going to be a really good thing because it's a change of environment. But Dragons don't win on the road. No, we just simply do not win on the road. We haven't won in the road for over a year, and so it all comes down to what you can do at, at Rodney Parade. And being away from that environment again, I, I really worry about that fixture. And like we said, the Blues have come into some really good form of late. Hope for rain. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? And the, that's what it's come to. Hoping for rain in the last week in April or whatever it well, is. Well, Wales, mate. Yeah, that's true. There's <laughs> always, there is always that. Um, I don't think there's a huge amount more to add to that game, to be honest, the um, the Dragons versus no. Scarlets. I, I think it was kind of a bit of a damp squib to, to kind of end the day. It wasn't a great watch. No, I mean, what do you make of the, the event as a whole? This is the fifth one now. I think they've done remarkably well. You know, if you look, last year was 68,000, this year 60,000 fans, but actually last year wasn't at Easter. So you didn't have all all the students yeah. away. So actually, sixty thousand over an Easter weekend, I think, is really credible. And actually, there's been lots of talk on social media around. Well, what about the core loyal fans who are who are missing out because all these people who are new to the game are coming and the atmosphere is not right. That's exactly what the game needs. Hmm. The, the clubs are, are dying because, unfortunately, we've got these tiny fan bases. We need to attract new fans and events showcases like this are absolutely fantastic and the only shame for the fans that day was they had a great high from the first match yeah. and unfortunately the second one didn't live up to expectations it's, it's difficult and I know a lot was made about season ticket holders getting duff seats in the in the stadium I, I, I kind of get that as a gripe because you know you have had your home fixture taken away from you but it's all about atmosphere you know there is nothing remarkable about an atmosphere of 5,000 people rattling around a 20,000 seat at Lego Stadium you know that's the there's, there's nothing encouraging about that if you watch somewhere like uh, somewhere like Ulster where it's packed out and I know it's not the biggest ground in the world but it's packed out there is you know there 20, is an atmosphere 000. there there's you know there's a really good atmosphere there so anything we can do to get people watching watching club rugby in in Wales and going to what you know if a few of those people are encouraged to go and watch blues or ospreys or dragons or scarlets at some point then, then it's a positive thing worth doing. I totally agree. And I think, you know, the next step for us here is to harness this because it's the most watched Pro 12 game yeah. of any of the matches. So it clearly is working. But, you know, the English clubs are able to do this with one game on the day. Yeah. They've obviously got the right pricing structure. A lot of the Savvy's games at Wembley were five quid. 
So what deal can the Blues do or the Ospreys or whoever with the WIU to get this one game in for five quid ahead into the main stadium and sell it out? You know, that for me would be the next step, yeah. I, th- I think you made an interesting point about timing <coughs> as well. Easter just really doesn't feel like the right yeah. time for it. You know, like you say, all the students are away. People are generally not in their, their usual routine. It's a big family time as well, isn't it, Easter? You know, it can be difficult it's to tough. get... You know, to to get a bit of time out to go and watch a game like that, I thought it was not really... for you, Kelly. You're talking about going on uh, the li- the next Lions tour with with your family, aren't you? That's all all squared up already, isn't it? Please, Vic. I mentioned. I said that'd be fantastic on the Lions tour, um, and then yeah, Victoria said, uh, yeah, good 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 family trip that would be. Yeah, um, <laughs> but no, on, on the I thought it was brilliant Judgment Day. It was great to see. A lot, a nice mix in the crowd, old and young, lots of people smiling. There was a, quite a few people sort of dazing into the sky, looking around, and you know, clearly weren't rugby fans. But as Dav said, that's needed. You know, we had sixty thousand, you know, just over sixty thousand there. Brilliant on a difficult, difficult weekend. It's what's needed. We just need more of them. Yeah, I think that's the that's the things I'd be quite happy to see this at the start of the season. Too. Yeah. I think it'd be a great way to, to start yeah. it with a fanfare is to actually have a yeah, double header at the start of the season. It's a real shame for me that the Blues experiment going over to what we call Ninian Park is yeah. was such a failure because actually if they hadn't done that and hadn't failed, the idea of going for one game there and having 35,000 packing yeah. out was, is wonderful but I think there's too much baggage from their time there when it failed. Yeah, I think yeah. you're probably right. I, I mean, they, they did do one that had a really good attendance once, didn't they? Yeah. There, which was a really... Which is why they went. Or I think that's why they went. And yeah. unfortunately, being there, it doesn't have the same atmosphere as town. But, you know, Ulster move, uh, sorry, Leinster moved their big games from the RDS to the Aviva. Yeah. And when they play Munster, whoever, they get 45,000 in there. For me, for big games with the right pricing strategy, I think it'd be brilliant to have one of the Pro 12 big matches, maybe a Leinster or a Munster, mm. at the Cardiff uh, City Stadium and get it packed out and make it a real fortress. Yeah, and I think you know that anything that, that brings more people through the door and generates a, a positive experience of Pro 12 rugby is in desperate need of, of happening with, um, with that league. Agreed. Cool, just a bit of transfer news to, uh, to finish up on. So, interesting one that you pointed out earlier, um, Dav, with regards to Ian Evans. So, a lion and a big, big fan. Of I was Ian a big Evans. fan of Ian Evans. Oh, what a great player! I know, you know, it was all looking so rosy for him, wasn't it? He'd just been selected for the Lions tour to um, was it South Africa, I think it was, and he was about to re-sign with the Ospreys. Yeah. Then he was about to go to Toulon, you know, South was, Coast. It was, it was Australia tour, wasn't it? Australia. He actually went. Sorry, it was yeah. Australian tour, yeah. wasn't it? He then signed was about to sign for Toulon down the South Coast. Very nice. Failed a medical. Ends up at Bristol. He's been there for three years. Has only played twenty-seven matches. So he's always been unlucky with injuries. And now they've released him and. It would just be typical of the dragons to mm. pick up another tortured soul. It would, yeah. It smacks of the uh, the kind of Andy Powell and and Lee Byrne when they turned up, held together with sticky tape, and you know it was, it was never, yeah. Which you know on paper that was the kind of experience that they needed into the yeah. into the squad, but it never worked. But well, he'll add a lot of comedy value, and he apparently yeah. he's he's absolutely an absolute diamond. He Good was a tourist, great <laughs> tourist, yeah, really fiery chap when he struggled with his discipline. He seemed to get that under control. He's been doing a bit of coaching, um, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah. So I want. I wonder. I mean, he's a great pickup for some, you know. Matt Cork has just retired from Richmond Rugby yeah. Club. He'd be a great player coach for someone in the lower half of the championship. 
because um, if he can't play every week, at least he can add that expertise. Things he, you know, he will be on big wages from Bristol yeah. also, which is the killick wages. Killick wages, yeah. We're in serious, serious wedge <laughs> there. I don't know whether, um, you know, I don't know whether. I, I suppose he's, he's not really in a position to. He's, you know, he's never going to command those kind of wages again because it's massively inflated because he's playing for Bristol. He chuck money around. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I suppose if he's if he's keen on playing again, it's. Or does he go to Japan, follow Dom Day? Yeah, get him in the row. Possibly. It's, um, I mean, again, you wouldn't begrudge him that if you Easy. pick up a decent, a decent payday. I think you're, you know, is he someone? Because do you remember he had horrific injuries at yeah. the start of his career? Because he played in that tour to Argentina, what yeah. about 06, the one that Hook made his breakthrough on. Yeah. He looked brilliant then, and then subsequently suffered from injuries for a good couple of years, and only kind of really cemented his place in that Wales squad, kind of around the 12 grand slam, didn't it? it was, yeah, that was it, wasn't it? We wish him well though, because he's uh, yeah, he's I think he's a terrific one. player. Um, and then I suppose the other bit is is Anscombe. More and more talk it looks as though it's becoming increasingly likely he'll get a, another national dual contract to stay at the Blues. Yeah, they're pretty confident on that. Aren't they very nearly there, I think, with sorting that out. Well, I think with the failure to sign Halfpenny, they've got one of these yeah. deals dangling in front of them. I, we had a big debate about Tom Francis a couple of weeks ago. Mm. He's not going anywhere. So I think if nothing other than from a budgetary perspective, the WRU pay for him to allow the Blues to go and sign someone non Welsh qualified, that so be it. That could be the right outcome. What's that? It's a so the blue if the blue if the WRU are picking up Anscombe's tab, yeah, then yeah, the Blues can go to buy yeah, someone yeah, else. Yeah, he's playing well, isn't he? As well, he's really really. Yeah, I have to say, I've, I've never quite never quite bought into him, and I think that's my scepticism because he's kind of fast tracked into the Welsh setup, but. Same time, you know, you can't knock him on on recent form, and when he's got those when he's got those centres firing outside yeah. of him, he looks well. He's a running ten, isn't he? And with mm. Cardiff having their problems in the tight five, it's it's been massively difficult for him. And now now they've stepped up. We're seeing we're seeing what he can do. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him uh, next year. Based on last weekend, he probably starts out of Sam Davis in the uh, on based, the tour. Yeah, yeah it's a well, decent last weekend. Yeah. Decent shout. I mean, you've certainly seen worse tens at, uh, at the Blues, anyway, haven't we? So the, the Norton Knights and the Dan Parks of this world. Poor old Norton Knight. Yeah. What? He's well, absolutely he's, dreadful. He, well, yeah, no, he, that's what you feel sorry for him. I told you this so before, I, mean, I can't remember if I told it on air. I ended up going for lunch with his cousin or his sister once. Did you? Yeah, like a pitchy where used to work at Sky. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, yeah, her name's Norton Knight. And the fellow I knew from Sky was like, oh, yeah, it's. <laughs> she's related to she's related to him. and I had to bring it up I was like yeah so <laughs> that uh, that outside half that you're related to that is clearly not an outside half and yeah I think she, she said you know he never really wanted to play 10 um, and was kind of pushed into it whichever whichever side he's played was it Brumbies he was playing for before Cardiff I can't remember yeah, yeah. yeah Waratahs he was came from Waratahs yeah. it and, um, and yeah ended up ended up playing 10 and just looked so uncomfortable yeah. doing it but he was especially after Blues haven't played Robinson for so long and, and then to lose him and Norton Knight be the replacement it's kind of where it all fell apart he's still going he's in Is Japan he? at the NEC Green Rockets they're a good side them as well oh, they're much better than the Red Rockets let's, let's have a look the Scott Rocket H- Derby playing alongside greats like Scott Higginbotham and that's it how much, yeah. how much are these teams playing yeah. uh, paying I mean, decent whack isn't it yeah. ridiculous really you know and I think again it's just it's that kind of MLS soccer style thing where they try and bring in players at the end to, to add to the profile yeah. and there's no profile going to be higher than Sam or I playing for you so there you go um, right that pretty much brings us to an end as always drop us a line on social media let us know what you think at Attacking Scrum on Twitter Facebook you can search for us uh, Attacking Scrum and uh, leave us a review I've 
um, rather, what's the words, um, in all the kind of the rush of the lines, I've not checked to see if there's any reviews on there. So if I've missed you out this week, I'll make sure um, we give you a shout out next week. But yeah, leave us a review and subscribe to us on iTunes as well because that way it's miles easier. It will just appear in your um, it will appear on your on your Apple phone or however you choose to choose to listen, and it helps us out as well. So yeah, if you can do that, that would be massively appreciated. And as always, we will speak to you next week. Yeah.